to live on purpose, to handcraft a brave and beautiful life, to be anchored in the storms of life, you need deep roots. And deep roots don't happen by accident. They are made through conscious watering or effort. Welcome. I'm Krista, founder of alifeinprogress.ca. I offer my work as a writer, grief and trauma-informed mind-body coach and joyful living educator. My work is for freedom seekers, truth-tellers, and stubborn questioners, highly sensitive souls, slow movers, and non-hustlers, the anxious, grieving, weary, and healing, reforming people-pleasers, perfectionists, performers, and peacekeepers, and brave, messy, curious humans ready to quiet the conditioning and noise to reclaim freedom, wholeness, and joy. I'm glad you're here. So we're talking about growing deeper roots today, and there are different ways to have this conversation and like different habits and practices that help us put down deep, hearty roots. I want to talk today about uh, a cycle that I have used from the beginning of my work at A Life in Progress um, and way before that in my own life. And I believe that these are three of the deep, deep roots that hold us fast. Not only when the storms come, but they are also the roots that help us flex and live resilient. They are the roots that help us um, do hard things, um, which can include, you know, stretching and growing and, and um, going after our dreams, you know, that kind of thing as well. They are also the roots that help build healthier relationships. All right, so I'm just going to get right into it. So this cycle, if you work with me in my membership community or um, you followed my work for a while, you may have seen this. So the cycle is simply self-awareness, self-compassion, and perfect action. I touched on it probably the very first episode as well of the Rebranding Middle Age podcast. So briefly, I'm going to just say a little bit about each of those three roots that all work together. So self-awareness and self-compassion, those two roots are only super, super stable with the third root of imperfect action. We can still stay stuck on the couch if we don't have that third component. All right, so briefly, self-awareness, what is it? Um, you know, when I talk about befriending your true self, that is a part of the process, I guess, is um, building self-awareness. It's really just building a friendship with yourself, getting to know yourself. Um, and it's not static, right? Because we do change through different seasons of life. So there is an ongoing friendship or relationship where, you know, what, for instance, we might, um, you know, inquire, what do I need to feel safe in this season? Or what are my current behavioral and thought patterns that are serving me or are no longer serving me? What are my likes and dislikes? You know, that could be just as, as simple as noticing, oh, you know what? I used to really feel like red wine was a joyful treat 
and now it disrupts my sleep and, and I don't feel very good. Or um, I used to need two coffees a day when I had little people at home. And now I love that one morning French press and I don't want or need anything else. You know, it could be so simple and it could, it could expand beyond that. Um, what are your core values? So, 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 so important. I talk about core values all the time because I use my core values as one of my primary filters for all decision-making in my life. It can be a very, very powerful practice. Um, all right, your story, you know, the story that brought you here, etc. All of these are bits and pieces of self-awareness. Um, Self-compassion has three components and they are self-kindness, mindfulness, and common humanity. So self-kindness, being kinder to yourself, you know, gentler with yourself. Mindfulness is um, similar to self-awareness in that it's about being present to the truth of what is. And often that's very difficult because it brings up a lot of emotion and we're not necessarily that mm, practiced or resourced in that um, in a way that helps us really access our emotions and be with the discomfort. Sometimes they're intense. Um, and so mindfulness can help us be present to not only the gifts of today, but also what's happening in my body, you know, what emotions are coming up right now, etc. Common humanity means you're human. You're simply human. We are all practicing, as I said last, last time, um, we're all in progress. Not one person on this planet has life all figured out. They may have been doing some kind of work a lot longer than we have, um, they may have a body of acquired knowledge or wisdom, and that's wonderful. And also they're still human, you know, in a messy world. Um, okay, so self-compassion has so many pretty incredible benefits. And I'm just going to mention a handful here. It increases resilience and self-worth. It decreases comparison, rumination, self-judgment, depression, and stress. So imperfect action is that third root or that third part of that, this cycle. We find our way in action, not before. We grow into our wisdom, bravery, and strength as we go. And small steps with consistency can lead to powerful results. Now I'm a slow mover um, by nature and by need, I guess. I've had to learn how to keep showing up at my own pace in a soul honoring way. And, you know, though, you know, other people move at different paces and create different things and stuff, it really doesn't matter because this is my life. And, um, but I have needed to learn how to build this muscle and practice consistently every single day over and over and over, we build this muscle of imperfect action. So when I say we find our way in action, not before, or we grow into our wisdom, bravery and strength as we go, 
It, this is so important. And with the women, midlife women that I work with, it, it's something that never gets old. Like we always need the reminder because it can seem like we should wait till we have all the answers or we can see the whole path ahead of us. Um, and we'll just be waiting forever. This one, you know, it's one form of sneaky avoidance or resistance that can keep us, hold us back from taking risks, um, from building brave relationships, from, you know, doing the creative work we want to do or whatever the heck it is. Because we don't see the whole path. We don't know what we're doing. And if we think we should, you know, then we stay in that in that kind of vortex of self-judgment. But when we realize that all I need is light for the next step ahead of me. So I am a vision-oriented person and it can be very, very helpful. First, to know your core values. Second, to have a sense of vision. Where are you heading? Not like... Whole, you know, being super attached to, I'm moving towards a life with X number of dollars, two dogs, blah, 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 like all these specifics. It's, it doesn't, it can be like, if that's, a, if that's a helpful and joyful way of visioning for you, go for it. But it's more that we kind of set course and then we come on back to the present and we focus on the small daily habit steps, practices that move us closer to that goal or that vision or that dream. Um, all right. So we can't, we can't build a beautiful life by sitting on the couch. We can't um, build a soul honoring business by forever taking one more course and one more course and one more course you know, thinking that, oh, if I just do this, then I'll feel confident and secure. But you won't. You won't. You will grow into your confidence in motion. All right. So what I would like to do today is go through three examples. So they're not about any specific person, but they are kind of general um, like in my mind, there's pictures of people that I know. And so they're kind of like real life. They show up in my work. Anyway, you may see yourself in one of these examples, or you may just be able to pull a little, a, a little idea or a practice and apply it to your own situation. So Person number one, you've recently retired. You've worked hard. You've been responsible, doing the next right thing, taking care of people, um, paying the bills, you know, tending, getting all the stuff done. You are in this new season and you really want a sense of meaning or purpose, but you're not there yet. You're kind of in this limbo place. It's not comfortable. And you realize that you don't even know yourself that well. That wasn't even on your radar for three decades as you were, you know, in the, in the workforce or tending to everybody else's needs. So here, here's some examples, the only examples, but 
and rough examples at that of how we could walk through this. Self-awareness, self-compassion, and perfect action. So in self-awareness, um, what emotions come up for you in this limbo state? Can you name those? Do you notice a sense of urgency, like time is short, I have to figure this out? And is that internal story attached to a particular emotion? For instance, in this situation, you may notice grief. You may notice fear. What are you naturally feeling drawn towards or curious about? And you can you trust that for a while? A lot of women, by the way, like you, you, you may be living this, um, or it may be helpful to just hear somebody else say this out loud. A lot of women, you, we, we, us, you know, they have been really good at taking care of other people putting other people's needs first, trying to do the right thing, et cetera. And, and along with that, often our self-trust has been eroded or just completely off our radar. And so you may be in a season where this is brand new for you. Who am I, you know? Who am I apart from serving other people? And what does self-trust even look, sound, feel like? All right, so what are your basic likes and dislikes? Just pay attention. Self-compassion. Can you bring compassion to your fear around aging? Which is kind of motivating that sense of urgency, maybe. Listen inward, but remember, not everything is true or full truth. But also running away from this type of fear doesn't help. Um, science tells us that a healthy mindset around aging adds up to seven years of life. Wonderful. A lot of women that I meet have a lot of fear around aging for lots of great reasons. And for some that are rooted in myth or, or just the unknown of it. But turning towards that fear as you feel safe enough, as you feel supported and resourced enough, can help calm that current of anxiety that lives beneath the surface of your life 24-7. Still in self-compassion, what if you gave yourself time to rest and decompress instead of just jumping right back into more doing and performing? Um, a lot of people feel wobbly during major life transitions. This is normal. So these are all just ways that we could practice self-compassion in this type of situation. Imperfect action. You might start um, creating a happy stress list. So you just go about your life and you jot down what fills you up or helps you um, feel excited about life. On the other side of the page, what stresses you out? What drains you of energy? What are you so tired of doing? You've been doing it because it was a should and now you're ready to let it go. Remember, you're getting to know yourself better. You're building a friendship with yourself and it's okay that it gets time. It takes some time. Um, you could name a space 
in which your only job is to rest, tend, and listen inwards. So what I'm talking about here, and I found this to actually be really effective for many of my clients. It, you know, in order to calm that sense of urgency, I have to figure this out now. There's almost like this frantic energy or judgment and pressure, which really doesn't help us. We can create, give ourselves a container, some space in which our job is simply to learn how to rest or our job is to listen. Our job is to just build the friendship with ourselves and listen inward and, and build that self-trust. For you, that could be a six-month container. For another person, it could be a year. Um, just consider that. Would that be helpful? A container in which you can let go of the need to fix or figure it out and just be here so that you don't just start recreating the old patterns of your life. Um, so we also know that loneliness has comes with huge health risks and so um, another form of imperfect action a possible you know example would be to connect with other kind and growth-minded people or community to or to rebuild or build your own social support network so start making bids for connection start meeting people um you just don't want to, you don't want, what we don't want is loneliness to take root in your life. All right. So that was just one example of how you could kind of work through this cycle and build these deep roots if you are recently retired or in a major life transition. Another example, someone you love needs lots of extra care an attention and energy right now. For instance, an aging parent or a young adult child who's hurting. On the one hand, you feel like finally you're in a place where you could give yourself permission to not be last on your priority list. And also there's this tension now. You love this person, you want to show up for them, but you can't let yourself run dry anymore. How do you work through this? Here's one possible way of exploring this type of situation. Self-awareness. What emotions are really loud for you right now? So remember, emotions are messengers. They, they're just giving us information. Are they comfortable? Often no. Do we all know what to do with them or how to be with them? No, it's a process, often a healing process. But insofar as you were able, can you identify, give them a name? What are the emotions that are really loud right now in this situation? Fear, resentment, frustration. What are the habits that keep you grounded and steady in your life? When we need to show up for somebody else, we need to have deep roots. If we crumble, we don't, we can't be there for them, right? But also we matter. Our mind-body health matters. So name the habits that keep you grounded and steady. These are like the foundational things that you know keep you steady. Make those non-negotiable. Do you notice any leaky boundaries in your life? 
Can you name even what is super important to you right now? For instance, travel or just prioritizing your own health or writing. You have to give it a name. Self-compassion. You could remind yourself that you are not selfish or bad for wanting time for yourself. You can gently reframe the stories that come up for you around guilt or selfishness or I'm a bad mom because I'm unwilling to burn myself out again or I'm unwilling to give every last drop of me in this season. We have, there might be a lot of internal judgment around boundaries. A lot of women in midlife that I encounter struggle with even just believing that a boundary is a positive thing, a healthy thing. There's a lot of conditioning and noise around this, around boundaries. Um, as a practice of self-compassion, you can remind yourself that the truth is actually that healthy boundaries create healthy relationships. They are not selfish. They're not mean. They're nothing to be guilty, feel guilty for. Um, maybe you need to ask for and receive support for yourself as you also care for this person. We all need support. And if you don't know yet, how to ask for and slash receive support, that is something to put on the to-do list. Imperfect action. In this scenario, you might pull out a weekly rhythm and create clear, clearly defined time blocks for your priority tasks. So if you want to paint, if you want to write, if you want time to work on your business, if you want to begin prioritizing your own mind-body health or prioritize your relationships or whatever it is, put it down on your calendar, create the clear time block, how many times a week, what times, you know, if, it, if there isn't clarity in you, you won't enforce the boundary you won't show up for yourself. Once you get those time blocks on your weekly rhythm, now you can communicate them where needed and you can practice honoring the boundary. What about those grounding habits that we talked about, those non-negotiable rinse and repeat habits that just keep you grounded and anchored so that you can show up for life fully? Get those on your weekly rhythm as well. So I highly recommend this practice. Some people resist it, but once somebody shows up to it and I explain kind of the why and how to go through this, it always has really significant benefits to their life. It, it really, what we're doing is we're just creating a visual that helps us do some truth telling work. We see that we have limited capacity we only have X number of hours, this many days, and we can't do all the things at once. We have to pick and choose. Sometimes there are good things that are in friction. They're bumping up against each other. What are we going to do about it? 
or we jam so much into the days and we can never get through it because we have no padding between activities, no padding at all for the unexpected interruption or the, the car, you know, being frozen and not starting. So get those on your weekly rhythm. Another form of imperfect action could be to allow yourself to grieve. Maybe you need support for that, or maybe you just need some space and permission. The third and final example of using this cycle of self-awareness, self-compassion, and perfect action. Let's say there's something that you really wanna do in this season. You want to meet a new partner, fall in love. You wanna write a book. You wanna start your soul honoring business. You wanna go on adventures. You want to um, build financial security for yourself and your family. Um, whatever it is, which we, we sort of touched on this a little bit before, but it's like, you have to name it for yourself. You know, you're, you're sort of teetering or tilting between anxiety, excitement, avoidance, feeling ready, but you're not actually going anywhere. Deep down, you know you want this thing, but there's so much resistance happening. So what do you do about it? Self-awareness, name the resistance. Is it inner resistance or outer resistance? Because that's going to really change how you take action. For instance, if it's outer resistance, it could be that um, you have constant interruptions with people and you need a better boundary or you need an office door that you can close with a sign <laughs> that says, you know, do not disturb. Um, is it an inner critic? Self-doubt, an old root story. Maybe you hear it in somebody else's voice. You know, sometimes these things go really, really far back too. And um, this may sound weird to some of you, but I, I feel that this is true, certainly in my life too, where there are limitations or there are things that I'm like, that's not even mine. I'm pretty sure that came, you know, from generations ago. And as we make space, though, for that awareness to rise to the surface, we can give that a name. You know, we can't take action at all if we don't first have self-awareness. Why do you want this thing? What's your why? You know, that is so important. Why does it matter to you? It, it's kind of like getting really, really clear on your boundary. If you're not so clear on it, and you have some, you know, you're wobbly inside, you're gonna have a really hard time holding that boundary. Um, if you don't understand why you want something and, and you own the truth of that, you don't even have to tell anybody else, but if you can't even own it for yourself, chances are you're not going to show up for it. So why do you want it? Is it values aligned? Is it for this season? What are your sneaky patterns of resistance or avoidance? So, oh, I was laughing recently with one of my clients about this, but, and humor is always helpful. Um, actually, a couple of them. So it's, it's a really lovely thing. Like I have clients of all ages and um, 
And it's just, it's kind of cool. Is that common humanity part where the cir circumstances, the goals, the desires are different, but some of the sort of sneaky monkey business that gets in the way is the same. So I was sharing that as I'm learning how to consistently show up to my writing, my like deeper writing in this season, I need at least a full half hour before my writing block begins. I need that because all my avoidance tactics will come up and I need, I just have to build in the time and the space to attend to them. So I'll need to pee and I'll need to um, get a snack and I will need to, I'll remember all the things and I'll decide, oh, I should go mist my plants, you know, like whatever it is. It's just, I have this energy in my body and I need some space to get up and move through it, you know, do the thing, like make a tea, grab a snack, go to the bathroom, um, go give my cat a cuddle, you know, whatever needs attending, and then come back and sit my butt in the chair. So what are your sneaky patterns of resistance or avoidance? How can you make space for them and then show up through them? So just along the same lines, um, you may notice. So like if we're, if we're scheduling things back to back, then you'll, you're probably blowing through the time that is set aside for the things that are most meaningful to you, because that's where often there's fear. Um, that's where resistance can show up loud because we really want the thing and, you know, we're afraid that we can't, we're not good enough or whatever. And so maybe just try this on for size, create the padding and that padding isn't for paying bills or answering emails. That padding is get up, work through the resistance. All right, moving into self-compassion. Is there trauma or grief to process or integrate around whatever you're dealing with here, whatever it is that you want, is there trauma and grief to process or integrate so that you're free to move through it or thrive forward? This can take time and can't be bypassed. So, you know, we're talking here about like, you know, whatever it is, right? Like I said, like, do you want to paint? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to fall in love again? Whatever it is, if there is trauma or grief that has been unattended, or it's just like if there's still work to do, it it might be showing up in this area of your life. Um, so don't discount that notice. Is there something here um, that because that going after a thing that you want is vulnerable, it may be bringing up some other old wound or, or something else that needs attention. Um, all of us have coping patterns. We're human. There is no shame or judgment in this. Those sneaky coping patterns, those, that monkey business, you know what? We just all have these, <laughs> these things that they served us in some way in the past, or we developed them hoping they would serve us in some way they're not serving us now. 
it's okay. We just have to bring awareness to it, bring compassion to the truth of what is, and that compassion will help us then see the way forward or begin to learn a new pattern or feel safe enough to stretch into this thing that we want. Um, finally, in that self-compassion part, can you rewrite your story of more and faster is better? Because that's really part of this culture that we live in. There are many paths to a brave and beautiful life, not just one. Um, you get to do things at your own pace. Yeah, our time is finite. So, you know, it's true that maybe you won't do all the things that you once upon a time had on a bucket list list when you were 25 and we don't know the number of our days. So that's true. So we get to pick and choose what's most important. And if you care about doing it in a soul honoring way, then just start to take action on it now. Imperfect action. Remember, these are just examples, but one thing you could do in this situation is to quiet the noise. Unfollow people who make you feel less than or trigger not good enough. You know, that story of not good enough or comparison or urgency. Practice all or something. Remember, baby steps count. I don't know if I've said this on a recent podcast, but um, I know I've said it in my hope map and um, I, I feel like I bring it up a lot. It's that, you know, 20 minutes of doing something is more than zero. So our brain can tell, you know, keep us stuck in this loop of all or nothing. And we can rewrite that pattern um, through pr practicing imperfect action in the form of all or something. So can you do 20 minutes? I do that a lot with my writing. This is where I think I might've mentioned it, but like if I'm, if my resistance is so strong, I might say, you know, Krista, just do 20 minutes. That's it. That's enough, you know? All right. And finally, if you want this thing and you have named it, make space for it in your life. Again, it kind of goes back to that previous example of pull out your weekly rhythm. Where have you made space for it? This is, you know, this might sound bossy, but I say this, I say this because it matters. I say this because I see it on a recurring basis. If we truly want something, we have to make space for it. So it's like, you know, if you say that one of the things that you most value is travel or adventure or experiences with your family, but there's no money in your spending plan for travel, adventure, experiences with your family, then there's a disconnect. If you say you really want to meet somebody new and fall in love, but you never leave your house, there's a disconnect. Um, or at least put yourself out there in some capacity where you can meet people. Um, if you say that you really want to be painting in this season because it brings you pleasure, 
because it's something that you're drawn to and curious about. And on your weekly rhythm, there are no clearly defined spaces for that. Then there is a disconnect. So very, very often, this is one of the places that we need to do some truth telling in our lives. If it maybe we don't really want it, or maybe it's not right for this season, that is all important information as well. All right, so the whole point of this and the thing that I want to leave you with is, of course, to just try it out for yourself if you want. Whatever problem in front is in front of you or a goal or a desire, just choose an example. Could even be like you're having trouble with a boss. Um, you and your friend are in conflict. It could be anything. Just try it out. Walk through the steps of self-awareness, self-compassion, imperfect action. See what you come up with. See how that feels. It's really just a gentle structure that can help focus your attention, help you do some truth telling, and then shift into agency, right? So that you're not passive in your life or you don't feel disempowered. And instead you're like, okay, what can I do? What's one tiny step that I can take responsibility for to move me closer to the thing that I truly want and need in my life? Um, okay, wrapping up simple little invitation come join me for my um, mostly monday morning most mondays um, my monday morning hope map um and i i share you know i share things like like this i guess in shorter format i share my podcast links with you um or other ways that you can engage with my work and you are always welcome to hit reply and tell me about yourself i want to I want to know you. I'd love to hear from other people. Um, what's going on for you? What are you practicing? What are you struggling with? How are you proud of yourself in this season? All right. So until next time, make peace with messiness to make space for joy. Bye.